The Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to 10 billion, I decided I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself, and not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting the journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. I like to start off by giving a shout out to all the people rocking with us and supporting the channel. We really appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 400 videos on our channel. You want to learn real estate? We got that. You want cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sebi? We got that. Travel and lifestyle vlogs? Got it. You want makeup and hair growth tutorials? Got it. Basketball? Got it. It's everything us. All the parts of the journey that don't make it to YouTube will be on our story. You can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. The Bamboo Project is about turning your life into a living by making money off the things you already do every day. We made different playlists for all the things we're into and... You can find all of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here, and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter two, excuse me, excuse me, God, excuse me, God, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. It's chapter three, chapter three, page two, page two, all right? So this podcast has four different segments, okay? We have the life update, episode playback, Donovan's questions and the topics of the day. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's date is March 29th and it is 5.06 p.m. Damn, it's late. Um, so before we get into life update, which is the first segment, you already know what's up. For those who don't know, all right. We start off with screen time. The reason I do my screen time is because if I don't take advantage of my phone, then my phone will take advantage of me. The average amount of time that I used my phone last week, every single day, was eight hours and 52 minutes, all right? My most used app was Instagram for 12 hours and 51 minutes. My second most used app was YouTube for 10 hours and 52 minutes. And then it was Google Maps for 10 hours and one minute, which is kind of crazy that the average was 10 hours for Google. Oh, no, that was for the whole. That was okay. That was across the whole week. Um, the average amount of times I picked up my phone, which is good, it's 87 times. That's good. That's less than 100. I always thought was crazy. Um, and my first used app after pickup was Instagram. So this week I was on my or last week, excuse me. Last week I was on my phone for eight hours and 52 minutes. And the week before that, it was seven hours and 34 minutes. So I went up about an hour and was that like 14 minutes or something like that. So I don't know why is this so high. Um, on Saturday, I was on my phone for 11 hours and 23 minutes. Eight hours was Google Maps. Hmm. Okay. 
Monday. Oh, I was on my phone. For, uh, okay. Yeah, how did I get to eight? Oh, that's why. Every hour, every day was nine hours on my phone. YouTube. Yes. Whew. See, I gotta, how can I remove the, the, uh, what's it called? Travel. I move, move, move the maps. Um, okay, so your turn, babe. How was your screen time? So my screen time, my average screen time left for last week was five hours and thirty-eight minutes. What's it? What's you? So you be cheating. You be doing something. No, you know what it was. He's making candles. That's why. Right. You was. You spent first, all, Thursday, all day. Thursday, I was only on my phone for two hours and thirty-nine minutes. Yeah. So funny enough, my my largest day was Tuesday, nine hours and thirty three minutes, and that's the day I got into the accident. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, mm, two hours for the whole day. Mm. Yeah, he's making a lot of candles. Yeah, the shit time candles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so there's that. My most used app is Google Maps for ten hours. Mm-hmm. Instagram is my second most used app for eight hours, and then TikTok is three. I picked up my phone one hundred and sixty six times last week. How many? One hundred sixty six. That's the app per day. Okay. Yeah, it's average. My most pickups was Saturday, 2.39, and that's probably because I was checking the sales. Gotcha. Okay, so, uh, you know, guys, going to get you the life update this week. Um, I do have a couple of topics I want to talk about that are not in the life update. They're going to be in, you know, the topics of the day. Uh, So, as y'all know, we have been heavy in the craft fairs. We finally finished the last week was super hectic that was our first time doing two i guess if you want to call it two fairs in one weekend and we got invited to another store um well for that saturday obviously so on saturday we were at two places at once we was me and my beautiful phenomenal amazing girlfriend we were at the location in manhattan and then my mom uh shout out to ariel and uh shout out to melissa's brother jermaine they were in artists and fleas in brooklyn so it was just a very it was a very hectic thing we we got it together though i'm i'm happy that we were able to pull that off um and we made how much did we make that day over the weekend we made like twelve hundred dollars right so some of y'all may or may not have seen a video that we posted on our channel about how much money we make during doing Turo, right? Uh, in that video, uh, we lost more money than we made doing Turo. So I decided that I needed to get the numbers for the candle business on a spreadsheet so I can see in front of me like, okay, where is the money going? How is it being spent? What is it being spent on? How much is actually coming in? What are our expenses and things like that? And I would say overall, you know, obviously the candles are making more money than we're spending. So that's a good thing. However, the problem I have is that the candles, the gross, the net profit is not high enough for me. Um, and it's, it's a funny thing because that may only be the case because we don't make a lot of money from the candles in that sense. But right now we're averaging net profit about $200 a day, right? So after all of our expenses, we're averaging about $200 per day, which is not bad. Um, you know, and these, there's probably, I'm, I'm leaving out, you know, smaller things like gas and so, so on and so forth. But we've made 
5500 $5, or so selling candles this year. And we have netted, you know what, I'm gonna give you guys the actual numbers. So this year on the website, we've made about, this year we've made exactly $919.67 and online. online. And at the craft fairs, we have made $5,095. So we've made about $6,000, almost exactly $6,000 this year with the candles. And in terms of profit, I would probably say that from online, out of the $919, we probably netted like $400. That's what I would say. Does that sound to you? That sound about right? Because I think most of those are big candles and the margins on the big candles are 50%. Um, so I would just obviously just, you know, crack that number in half and just go from there. Um, so we've been trying to figure out how we're going to expand this thing again. And now I definitely feel like we're in a somewhat of a bottleneck just because for us to grow, we have to do a lot of craft fairs and we would have to hire people to do the craft fairs. And we would, depending on how much the craft fairs cost, so one of the one, that, the one that we just did recently, it was 140 a day. So after I did the math, we would have to make at least $300 just to break even. For us to break even, we would have to sell about 20 something or about 20 to 23 small candles for us to break even if we were to hire somebody at $100. And selling 23 candles is I don't I personally think do you think that somebody could sell 23 candles like a regular person in a day I think so I think that's typically what Jermaine and Miss Joyce do mm-hmm right so, so so here's my thing though so they're more motivated still than a regular person Because they're up on their feet trying to sell it and then they sell 25 or so. Mm -hmm. And then like us, we our highest is like 41. And the other day we didn't we hit 23, I think. And we was and we were standing up the majority of the time. So that's a problem that we're kind of trying to figure out now. Um, I think the best route to take is getting an intern to do the marketing for the website and the Instagram and people so people can buy so that people can buy the candles online because that can grow a lot more without the overhead. I think that would be the best route for for the candles. Do um, you have anything else to say about the candles that you were thinking about? Mm, no. Um, if you're interested in interning, you can email Melissa mm -hmm. at embercandle.co. Mm-hmm with your resume and you know three examples of what you'd be doing how does that feel how did <laughs> that feel doing that how do you feel you look did like you hear the deepness of my voice? i did it felt very strong it sounded very strong so uh you know i don't 
Yes, as you heard, Melissa, um, if you. Is there anything else about the candles? I definitely think about raising prices. Oh, right. Right. For sure. So, that's probably the only thing. Okay. So, right. Raising prices, we're thinking about. Um, and then we have another craft fair on Sunday, which is going to be outside in the Upper West Side. Uh, as y'all know, this money is for covering the expenses that we have in relation to our living and also the house. We have a twelve or fifteen hundred dollar monthly expense for interest that's coming up very soon so we're hoping that we can make the money to cover that payment because this honestly in my opinion is the last month in terms of april that like the house should be done now as far as the house update i did talk to my contractor yesterday and he said that this week they're doing the concrete in the back and they are also working on the basement and next week will be the flooring and will be the doors and the trim of the house, guys, okay? Doors and trim, that means like the baseboard, that means like the the floors, the doors, the things around the doors, everything. Just trims, looking nice, looking real nice. So, uh, <coughs> so, <coughs> damn, excited for that. And I was actually thinking about going out there next week. My contractor told me that on Monday, that is when the stuff should be in or they're going to start doing it do you want to be there while they do it before they do it or do you want to do it go after it's already done um probably after it's done okay so yeah we might go out there next week we'll have some pictures for you guys on the ig um car update oh i'm glad i, I almost forgot about this okay so the car update um right now the car i was quoted three thousand dollars for that little rear ending that we had last week and this is something i want to bring up right this is it's been a, it's been i guess a topic of conversation lately as far as the insurance goes y'all can let me know what y'all think which i would do or what we should do okay we have been uh suggest we have been it has been suggested to us that we get some of this medical insurance money right um so that melissa was to you know put on the full body cast get in a wheelchair i roll her around and we get a bag uh a family member referred a person to melissa and they were saying that we could probably minimum get fifty thousand dollars for this incident they said they've done this before or they know how to do it or something like that and they would also pay melissa to let them broker this uh transaction or whatever it is right so y'all know we need money so we've been thinking about it it was like damn should we this is this is last week we're like okay 50 grand on the low end hmm like uh that's a nice that's a nice chunk of change right there right that would cover a lot of things we have so we're going back and forth i've talked to different people and we have gotten different responses some people are saying listen y'all are bugging what you mean you're not taking the money like you need to take the money like y'all need y'all listen you need money take the money just act like you hurt it just do it now what we were told is that melissa would have to go to therapy three times a week for three months right now my issue with that is it would impede on the bamboo project. It would impede on Ember Candles. It would impede on what we're trying to grow here um, because I don't know how long it's gonna be there. She has to be there. And then 
as far as if we were to move, I don't know what the situation is like. Now, here are the more important things that I feel like. I was talking to a family member of mine and we know somebody that got into an accident, right? And they got into an accident in somewhere in the South. So they were up here in the North, in New York, doing regular things that regular people do, you know, like go grocery shopping and, you know, bagging things up, so things of that, of that nature. And I'm assuming the insurance of the person who would have been sued or would have been paying the insurance had hired photographers and investigators to see whether or not that he was really injured. So they had brought pictures of him bagging groceries and carrying groceries up the block to the house. Now, you guys know, maybe you don't know, we have a YouTube channel, a very public very public in the eye YouTube channel, right? So what we would have to do is Melissa would have to, you know, we, first we couldn't talk about it as, you know, as we're doing here, couldn't do that. Uh, Melissa couldn't make any videos over the next few months of her doing anything. Uh, me talking about us going to a craft fair, cause listen, they probably gonna pull up to the craft fair. They're gonna pull up to the craft fair and they're gonna be there like, oh wait, that's the girl that said that her neck hurt and she, she looked real fine right now out here. She don't need physical therapy. She don't need that, right? So once that happens, now we're crossing the line into insurance fraud. And I don't know, I, I don't think it's worth it for $50,000. And here's my reasoning behind that. $50,000 is a good amount of money, right? It is. However, the two most important things that I feel like that I don't want to tarnish would be the brand that we're building and the second thing is I don't feel like 50K is is a lot of money in comparison to what we plan to do and what we plan to make. The Bamboo Project is us going from being broke to becoming billionaires, right? That's what y'all are seeing in real time. And what I would hate is for someone to see the bamboo project watching the videos in you know several years from now and going okay wow what did they do to get there and they you know they watch for the first two chapters and go wait they got insurance money from a car oh i can't do that i can't get hit by a car to become successful I, that's that's not going to work for me right and the reason i say this is because that's how i would look at it if i'm looking at a person who's becoming successful i'm like okay so first they went outside, they went to a hundred different stores. Then they went home and they filled out a hundred applications. And then they worked for three weeks and then their dad gave them $10 million and they bought a, a building complex. I will be like, wait a minute, time out. That's, that's, I don't have that. I don't have a person to give me $10 million. And I would want a person to see this and be like, damn, I got to get hit by a car to become successful. I don't want to do that. So I don't want it to be a stain on how we go from nothing to everything. So I'm like, it's not worth it for $50, like $50,000. $50, so I, when I said that, right, I was talking to my friend. And I was just like, well, is there a number that it would be worth for me to do that? And then when I asked him that question, I was like, maybe if it was a million. And I'm like, nah, I'm like, it, it, it doesn't, it's not really about the money, which is weird because... We want money, but I feel like Melissa and I know that we are going to make so much money that giving up the integrity of the brand for 
money is like it just diminishes what we're trying to build. Um, and I think, and in, in even from a profit standpoint or a business standpoint, I think it's better because I don't want people to think I'm like this altruistic guy where I'm like, listen, I do everything the right way. I'm not, that's not me. I'm not really in that boat. So if you're looking at it from a profit standpoint, from a business standpoint, if I'm going to do business with somebody, right? And they go, okay, Donovan, I want to pay you for, you know, consulting. I want to pay you to, you know, um, partner with your brand, right? I think they would pay more to a brand that has integrity than a brand that they feel does not. So that's why I go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And the reason, let me also clarify this. If Melissa had gotten hurt, I will be on here talking about we about to be rich. I'll be like, we about to, I'm like, Melissa is hurt and we going to be getting all the money we could get because she's hurt. That's what I'll be doing. But she's not. She's fine. So that's why I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go that route. And then what I am going to do, though, is they have a diminished value claim, which I'm getting for sure. Um, so, you know, you hit my car. You owe me money for that. Um, if y'all don't know, it's when if you get into a car accident, the per, if it's not your fault, that goes on your Carfax record, right? And now the the value of your car has decreased because it got into an accident. So they'll take your appraisal amount versus what the car is worth after the damage, and they give the difference of it because they want to keep you. They want to put you with what is it called? They want to make you whole. So that's, you know, we might get a couple thousand dollars, like three or five thousand dollars, something like that. So hopefully if we do get that anytime soon. So that's that's how we are with the car update. But I definitely I listen, I would like I would love to get a fifty thousand dollar check. So, Melissa, how do you feel about uh, getting the bag, get 50K or 100K, depending on what you broke, what you, you know, if your neck is sprained or your back is broken? I think it's a lot of upkeep mm -hmm. to do. And I know, I know people are like, what? It's just three days every week for three months. And it's like, that's, that's a long ass time. Mm -hmm. and, and we do a lot of things. Like, I still got to make these candles. I have to carry these boxes. Like, I have to. <laughs> we have the podcast. You might, we might go to Philadelphia. It's a lot of things that still need to be done. I'm the one that, you know, be getting the groceries and stuff. So I'm be carrying heavy cases of water, put it in the car. They're going to see all that. Right. They're you gonna, you want me to go get the groceries for, for three months? <laughs> It's not gonna happen. We're gonna be starving. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so, yeah, and like, and then I, I think what you said resonate because it's funny because it's not like we haven't gotten money randomly kind of before, mm -hmm. but I feel like those still came from either what people saw we were doing or things that we were doing in the past. Mm -hmm. Whether it was being a bike bike messenger, we earned it. Or, huh? We earned it. Yeah. So it's kind of like with this, it's like stealing, right? Because I have to not lie to mm -hmm. do it, and I feel like that is what makes me feel kind of icky about it. Like I, I don't know if I should do this because, yeah. like you said, if I was hurt, right? Listen, if, you, if your neck was if your neck was even twinging, I'd be like, let's be getting money right now. If your neck is sprained at anything, you got a headache, anything, but it's like, yeah. you know, it like, yeah, she. Did, she hit the car hard enough to dent it, but not hard enough for me to feel anything from it. So right. it's just, it is what it is. I rather I would rather not. Cause, yeah, I would rather not have to go through all of that. It's still people at the end of the day on the other side, and then the insurance company is still a thing that's out there that don't want to pay money. Right. So. Right. Exactly. So that's just something that's like it doesn't it doesn't seem worth it, and 
if we make 50k from the house or 90k from the house then it doesn't it wouldn't it would my mind wouldn't even be thinking about 50k anymore like it wouldn't even and honestly if we have enough money to cover our bills i wouldn't be thinking about 50k either because all i really want at this point is enough money to cover our bills by what we're doing it just don't feel right to do that's my main thing it just don't feel right and that's why i'm not doing it so yeah so today was going to be more of a topics podcast as opposed to life update because last week it was like i said it was mostly the craft fair it was literally just us trying to survive well mostly melissa she did most of the work and you know i was kind of chilling but the it was the that was that was mostly last week was just craft fair stuff and then the saturday and sunday was us selling them and things like that uh, episode playback. So episode playback. I don't think I have any of those either. Um, so okay, all right. I wanted to talk about this in a life update. Right now we're doing topics of the day. Um, as y'all already know, this is you know this is the most popular thing right now on a Tuesday is the Will Smith slap. Right now I don't know how everybody else feels about it. I have my opinions of it, and these are my opinions that I have about the Will Smith slap. I think the slap was good for men as a whole. However, I think that it was bad for Will Smith, and I would not recommend somebody to do that. And here's why I have this stance. I don't think what Will Smith did was masculine. I don't think it was manly. I don't think it was to protect his woman. I don't think it was any of that. I think he was trying to save face by what happened with, uh, you know, everybody said the whole Jada was not laughing at the joke thing, right? So here's my couple of problems that I have with Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. The whole scene, the whole thing made me cringe and I didn't really know why. And I think it's because it, it seemed like it was forced for Will Smith to walk up there. Right. It's not, it's not a, he's not close, right? It wasn't like he was standing there. The guy made a joke. He slapped him. You have to walk all the way over to the guy and slap him. And then he turned around and walked away. Right. In my opinion, if he wanted to do the masculine thing or the manly thing or to really, you know, address this situation, two there were two other ways I would have recommended, right? The first way is go you can do the same thing to some degree. Walk up on the stage, walk over to Chris Rock, whisper in his ear. Listen, fam, you made a joke about my wife. And I would appreciate if you apologize because I think it was unnecessary and we're at the Oscars and she has alopecia. That joke was in bad taste. And if you apologize, I will be appreciative if you apologize to her in front of everyone that's here. Right. That's it. And you walk back to the to the to your chair and sit down. Let him apologize. Right. Let him go. You know what? The joke I made was in bad taste. I apologize. People look at Will like, damn. Damn, Will, shit, you the fucking G. Like, what the fuck was that? That was crazy, right? That's like, go look at it. What he did did not make him look like that at all, right? So the other option is, I'm not opposed to him hitting somebody, right? Some people like to handle their problems like that. 
I don't think that's always the best way, but hey, it's it is a way. What he should have did was walked up there, hit him, and then stood there. And go, listen, don't talk about my wife, right? Let him apologize to you while you stand in front of him. Let him have to go, yo, my bad, bro. I ain't mean to do that, whatever, whatever. Don't slap him, walk away like you film in one of your movies. And then hope there's going to be some explosion in the background. As Steve Harvey said, you done tighten up your suit. You done smirk. You go and sit back in the chair. And now you yelling across... You yelling across the what, the stage or whatever. What's the point of yelling? Like, why would you not have said that in front of him? Like, it, it's really, it it's a, it's just showmanship, right? So, if you want to be what I would call a man, then I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't say to do that. And here's the, the caveat that I guess some people will see during conversations, um, which I've kind of seen online right now, is that, because it's an aggressive behavior, some women will, or a lot of women will perceive that as being protective of their, of her, being a masculine man, and things of that nature, right? I believe that real men understand that that's, that was far from that, right? From the outside looking in, if you have never encountered something like that or a situation like that, then it will be perceived as, oh, he would look how manly he was by going up there and slapping him over his woman, right? I, like I said, I disagree with that. Now, the reason why I said that I think it's good for men to have seen this, I know it seems contradictory, but it's good for men to have seen this because a couple weeks ago on the podcast, I said, we need to bring back toxic masculinity, right? We need to bring back this, 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 uh, right, you need to bring back this, what, what people perceive today to be toxic masculinity. And the reason I say that is because I think men have gone so far in the other direction that for them to be a toxic version of masculine, they would then be closer to being an actual man. That's what I think. And I think that this slap for the men out there who feel like this was warranted or who might have gone yeah i would i would do that same thing they probably won't slap somebody but they may stick up for their girl more often now they may go yo don't talk to my girl like that bro you know not because they are planning to slap somebody but just because their meter went from zero emotion feeling about it to three right we try to get them we try to get to like six seven they went from zero to three three and a half that's better. That's a move in the right direction. Now, if this is what's going to cause that, which is what I think is going to end up happening, then that's that's better. But again, like I said, the real men who are at the the seven, eight, nine, ten, nobody's looking at this like, oh man, this is how men should be. And the reason I say that is because there is so many people that will would have not slapped at all. He wouldn't have done that if it was. If y'all know who this is, Dante Nero, he's a comedian. He wouldn't have slapped him. Uh, I don't think he would have slapped any white comedian that was up there. I don't think he would have slapped an old comedian that was up there. I don't think he would have slapped any, uh, what's his name? Uh, D-Ray Davis. I don't think he would have slapped him. There's a lot of comedians that I don't think that he would have went up there, slapped, and then walked away and sat down like it was good. Because two things would happen, right? Here's what I think uh, 
the people who think what he did was good don't understand. Here's why it doesn't make him look strong. Because what an actual man would have done on the other end of that, who was still trying to be professional, right, without going back and fighting him, would have just talked more shit on the stage. So now, is we're, is we're going to go up there every single time and slap him every time? Is that what's going to happen? Probably not. But because it was just him being, uh, it was showmanship from Will Smith, it looks and appears as though it's bravado. There's a, there's a plethora of men who would have been up there and said, all right, damn, I wish you would have slapped August like that on the stage. Or if he would have said, damn, that's another entanglement that we're in right now. Well, what is Will going to do? Now, now, Jada looks even more embarrassed. Jada looks terrible. Now Jada looks awful because the man that went up there to slap him, it didn't work. It didn't do nothing. And all it did was cause the man to make more fun of you and your girl. That's, that's what you're trying to avoid. So that's why I'm like, listen. If you are going to go up there and pretend to slap somebody, he knew who to slap. He knew who to pretend to slap or actually slap because a lot of people would not have been for that. They would have made fun of him or they would have beat his ass on the stage. Like, that's that's what I think would have really happened. Now, I've seen some things floating around, uh, you know, just here and there of, yeah, of, of men. I don't even I saw a tweet pretty much. Some girl said it was her dad and said that. You know, we have to protect our women. And I'm like, she's not in danger. Like, that's that's not a dangerous situation for her to be in. People have also been saying that we need to step away from this idea of professionalism uh, because that's what suits the, the white man. And that's what the white man wants us to do is to be professional in settings like this, right? And it's, I don't think it's about being professional. I think... Being professional or acting with tact or acting with grace all kind of fall into the same category. The same way that people will say that uh, Chris Rock was being a professional in his response to what happened. I don't think that anybody looks at at Chris Rock, anybody, and goes, yeah, he, I mean, let me see. Mm, did he deserve that? Hmm... I do want to preface this with the fact that I saw a video where he made a joke about Jada in a previous Oscar. What? I'm thinking. Because Yeah, I personally don't think there's any reason to go up there and and slap him. And then sit back down with your wife. Like, how does that convo go? See what I did, babe? You saw that, right? How you feel now? You feel better? Do you feel like, you know, you're not offended by a joke anymore? Is that how you feel? Like... Yeah, but how would you feel if I slapped a guy? Would you feel better? You feel better? Okay, see? That's what I'm saying. That's why you got to slap a guy sometimes. Because <laughs> women, women enjoy the slap. And this is, this is what I'm talking about. Where it's like, I think a lot of women will see that and go, this is how, this is how my man protects my honor. Right? Until, until 
that man who's quote unquote protecting her honor runs into an actual man. Because what would happen if I did that, right? And then I got beat up. And then got beat up right. <laughs> <laughs> would you feel like right how would you feel about that if i went up there i was like hey don't talk about my wife slap i walk away he grabs me by my coat <laughs> and starts beating my ass on the stage would you be like yeah my man protects me that's how you feel and what would happen if we sat if i sat down next to you and he was like damn bro for that ugly girl that's how you're gonna react right <laughs> right so now you gotta go get slap him again right because here's my thing about the slap. The slap, obviously, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think the slap was hard enough for, to, to really make someone not do that thing. Yeah, he, he didn't knock him on the ground. Right. He did, exa exactly. He just slapped. He's like, all right. So what am I, like, what am I really doing? So let me, okay, let me ask you this. As a woman, mm -hmm. what do you like about the slap? Um... Necessarily said that I like the slap. Um, I in that moment I was more thinking, I guess, about like how Jada was feeling. Well, that's, that doesn't answer your question. What is your question again? How do you feel about the slap? How do I feel about the slap? Would I want you to do that? No, but you said you would feel good if I did it. I was joking. Oh, okay. So, like I said, I think, well, what would you want in that risk in that situation? We're at a and this, this is very different than if we're on the street, obviously. Yeah. We're in a huge setting like this, and it's like, okay. A formal setting. Right, a very formal setting. Somebody makes fun of you, right? And then... I think that... Uh... I don't think I, I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have handled it there. <laughs> You know what would be funny? What? If he said the joke, right? Right? And then he he he'll be like, what? What? It's a G.I. Jane joke. It's, it's, it's a nice one. I, I would have been like, I have alopecia. That's it. That's I, I think that's what I would have done in that situation. Because now it's on you. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and that's right. And this is, this is... Because if you didn't know, now you know. Chris Rock said it was a G.I. Jane joke after he was slapped. Mm-mm. He did. He got slapped first. And then he says a G.I. Jane joke. He said twice. But I'm saying that was... What I'm saying is that... He said it once before he got slapped. And then he said it again after. Like, really? For a G.I. Jane joke? Like, because remember, he was like, oh, come on, guys. like Because people weren't fully laughing at it. Uh-huh. And that's when he was like, oh, come on, guys. That was a nice one. Uh -huh. And then that, while he was saying that, he was like, oh, uh oh, because Will was heading towards him now. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that instead of Will slapping him at that moment, I would have been like, because people weren't fully laughing at his joke. And I'm pretty sure it's because some people there are aware that she has alopecia mm. and that she's not bald by choice. Yeah. So I think that's why he wasn't a full laughter like he thought he was going to get. And that's why he was like, come on, guys. Like, you know, so. Yeah. I think in that moment, it, I would just probably just be like, yeah, I have alopecia. I'm not bald by choice, but you know. So, okay. Would you do that? Because I'm like, I don't think I would do that. And I might not do it then and there. 
it might be something that somebody brings it up later like why did you react like that i'll answer them yeah because i'm like i said for me and i don't know i don't know why in my head this seems like the more masculine thing to do but to go up to him and, and tell him hey listen x y and z because that <sighs> fighting doesn't make somebody masculine and i think that's the misconception that women have and people who aren't around other men have is that you get what you want by fighting someone that's that that's not the case because you can punch somebody in the face and they can still say you a bitch so it didn't solve the problem that you thought the problem they don't respect you and you punching them is not going to make them respect you because there's no way to make someone do what you want them to do right that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm thinking about right now. Like you can't even if you can't force them by punching them, by talking to them, you can't force them. This kind of touches on the conversation that people say that I don't know. Have you seen the whole black people shouldn't have to be professional and it's a white person thing? Have you seen any of that at all? Kind of. Okay. I think that what people have wrong about that is you handle different situations differently depending on where you are. Mm -hmm. No matter what situation is, if you are, if you are. Uh, if you're having a, a, a war in the water, you're not going to bring tanks. That's just dumb. You're not going to do that. And it's not about being professional. It's like that is not the way to handle this fight that we are currently having. And I think that with the censorship thing as far as with, 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 um, with making a joke that somebody doesn't like, you would handle it with the words that they're using okay listen because he could have made he could have embarrassed him and then that could have also been us the equivalent to slapping because i don't necessarily think that slapping chris rock was the most embarrassing thing he could have done at that time and i'm like he also could have moved his weight as a as will smith in the industry to affect him there's a lot of other things he could have done than slapping him that i and i think slapping was the least effective thing to get what you wanted across i agree with that and then I also, I was telling us Melissa before, I don't even know if he wrote that joke. So it's like, if he didn't write that joke and somebody else wrote it, I mean, yeah, I don't even, right. That's that, like, I don't know who wrote that. So now I'm getting slapped for a joke I didn't even write. I'm just reading it. I know it's gonna, it's gonna hurt you like that. I just read the shit and that's where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tough situation to be in. Because then it all it comes back to like the whole being a celebrity thing, mm -hmm. where it's like, am I required to take all these all the all the words of everybody? Yes. That's <laughs> I, I I don't I think it yeah I yeah that's what I think that's part of it. I don't think that yeah you I think as a celebrity you are required to it's part of the job. It's part of the job. Otherwise, because people are going to have a critique about you wherever you are. If you work at Starbucks, somebody's going to say, hey, I don't like the way Melissa puts the coffee back, right? If you just multiply that by 100,000 people, it's the same thing as being a celebrity. Right. But now, I feel like there's a difference kind of between like internet and in person. Mm -hmm. So I feel like being in person, being in a room full of other people that are my peers, that we act with that I interact with all the time. Like, are y'all not gonna see me on set and call me G.I. Jane? Like, what, what, how does this now affect my daily life? And how do I address you 
and also let everybody else know that this is not okay. Yeah, you know what? I do. I I think that what you're talking about definitely comes with being famous. And I think that if you don't want to be famous, don't do things that make you famous. That's number one. And then number two, I think that it's unnatural. I think fame is not a natural thing. It's not a naturally occurring thing. And I think because it's not naturally occurring, it has an extreme deficit because, like you're saying, anybody that, that will say something about you probably ha- probably knows you to some degree. I have a conversation. Y'all are talking. You have state. You know them and they know you. Mm-hmm. With being famous, we know them somewhat. They don't know us at all. So it's similar to like, and I was talking, I forgot when we were talking about this, where if I'm watching, a, if I'm looking on my TV, right, everybody on there is not a real person. Because if I'm just watching this, I'm like, okay, it's a sitcom. If Jerry Seinfeld in a sitcom falls down, I'm like, damn, this motherfucker's stupid. He's dumb. He don't know how to walk. He's dumb, right? That's what I see on TV. I don't know you outside of that. So when I see you in real life, the only thing I know about you, what I've ever seen on the TV, on my phone, on the computer, on my laptop. That's the only thing I ever see of you. So if I see the negatives about you, I'm going to talk about those things. Same way I talk about anything else. And I think I don't, I think the problem is that people always, or celebrities always want non-celebrities to look at them as real people. Like, I'm still a real person. But I don't know if they are. You have a different perspective than I do. Mm-hmm. Because you feel like the person that's playing the role and the person who... The person that's playing the role mm-hmm. and the role, you kind of feel like they're the same. Yes. I look at them as two different things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm more likely to try and look at celebrities like they're people. But how could you if you don't know them? Everything you know about a celebrity is was put in front of you by somebody else. Right. So that's why when whatever is... Okay, so that's why whenever things happen... I'm not going to be disappointed or enraged or feel like, oh, how could you do that? You are like this. Now you're like that. You can't do that. You're this person, not that person. I don't have no expectations for you because I, I don't know who I you are. I feel like I don't agree with that. Why do you say that? I feel like if you saw Doja Cat mm-hmm. in real life and you found out that she, she don't sing. She becomes she don't N-word, No, like, she don't rap. None of that stuff is hers. You find, you find out something about her that's not true. Because you have been shown everywhere that this is one thing. And then you go and meet her. I'll be like, Doja Cat, don't be rapping her, her raps. Right. She, she, whenever, you see her, whenever you hear her voice, it's not her voice. That's somebody else at this t- who raps and sings or whatever. And you would be like, who makes your music? Somebody else does. I don't make any of his music. It would make you, it would, but this, again, it's only because you have no idea who she is. You only know her through the screen. I can't lie. In that case, I would be like, hmm. I wouldn't, I would, I would be even more distrusting of everything that I see. Right, but this is um, right, what I'm saying. The only reason you would be distrusting is because you trusted in the first place because you saw it on TV, even though you know two different people. Because they'll have a persona on TV, everything that you think you like about Doja Cat may not even be real. 
personality that you see may not be real. I don't really care. That's the thing. Because using her as an example, I mostly like her music. I don't agree with that at all. I mostly like her music. Sure. I like I, her artistry. That's what I like about her. Is this true or not true? Sure. But if it's not her artistry. That's what I'm saying. Like, what if it's somebody else doing that? So you just put her in the spot. Like, here, you're going to walk out there and do this thing. That's not something I thought of before. So now I have to think about it. It doesn't feel good, though, to think about it. And this is this is why I'm saying that I think celebrityness is not a natural occurring. It's not a natural thing because it's for for one that that many people would never be able to know you without the internet. Yeah. So the amount of vitriol and amount of hate or even love you would never experience in a natural world because that many people can't know you. And if they do know you, they wouldn't all be around you at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I don't I don't know how to. I it's a weird world that we live in because we never had this many people being known by this at the same time and then be able to interact with them like this. So it's right. because there's still people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So like whether or not we see them as people, they are. Mm-hmm. So whether or not we think it's right or discuss how uh, about um, Will slapping or is if he should have done that or not. At the end of the day, he's a person. Mm-hmm. He did what people do. They just do things. Right. And you're right. And 100% true. Where it's like, I, I don't even know. Again, before I saw the first slap. Or, I didn't even know if it was real. Bruh, right. That's one thing. I didn't know if it was real. I also didn't know about the situation from before with the Oscars. I didn't know about that one. I don't know if Will and Smith ever had a conversation behind closed doors. I don't know if behind closed doors, they said... Chris, do not make that G.I. Jane joke. He said, okay, I'm not going to do it. And then he goes up there and makes the joke. At that point, I wouldn't be, I would feel very different if he slapped him. And then this, this is a deeper conversation, but that, that would be, it's like, we don't, we don't know the full story about it. All we have is looking at it from a box or the outside in with very few details about what happened from the information that i have i think that the correct response would have been to walk up there and say to him whatever and then go sit back down and then address it afterwards just because like people were saying bruh i don't i mean i really don't know about the oscars i didn't even know what's happening really and People feel like it was overpowered, overshadowed by the the, the slap, the slapping. I'm start calling it that. Um, so I don't know. Would I be mad? I don't know if I'd be mad about that. I want to talk about this. Is a convo that me and Melissa had recently. Um, it it could be a it could be a foreigner thing, but you're not really a foreigner. You're from here, but you were raised by people who are foreigners. That sounds nasty what do you want me should i call them illegal immigrants they're not, they're not, they're not illegal. illegal right i mean should i should i call them right that's something like but i feel like foreigners worse than immigrant yes really yes because immigrant immigrant means that like you came from somewhere else and now you're here that gives me poor vibe huh immigrant gives me poor that's a you problem <laughs> hmm. okay because immigrant just means i migrated here Okay, so you were foreigner you were raised by immigrants. Foreigner means that that don't sound poor to you. It's, Melissa was raised by immigrants. Yes, they were not from here. 
they were not from here. What is a foreigner? A foreigner is someone that is currently not from here. Like they, like they don't belong here. How's it different from an immigrant? The immigrant is not here. How's it different from a foreigner? They don't. They. They're not. They. They don't live here. They haven't assimilated here. They're not. They're foreign still. Does that make sense? Nah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe both. I don't like. I don't <laughs> right. I'm like. I don't know. I don't know. I guess both are. I don't know. Foreigner sounds a bit. <laughs> person not belonging to a particular place or group a stranger an outsider like that's what that's that that sounds a bit like don't come here but that's what a foreigner is when they first get here right they've been here for a minute now <laughs> my mom is I'm no longer a foreigner okay right? so then what's immigrant an immigrant is a person who comes to live permanently in a foreign country i heard it were foreign <laughs> works okay so in my opinion melissa was raised by people who are not from here people who are <laughs> okay i like that one yes raised by aliens so melissa was <laughs> <laughs> you said not from here like, like okay that was that was a good one that was, that was a good joke all right guys that wasn't a good one <laughs> So uh, I'm about to do my documentary. Uh, I mean, my <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to finish my Oscars. Um, okay, so Melissa was raised by people that were not from here. That sounds crazy to me, but whatever. Stop clicking. The I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a car salesman. Okay, so all right, so here we go. Do my manager in the back. All right, so what we're gonna do is Melissa was raised. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Born in another country. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. I can say that too. Um, so Melissa was raised by parents that were born in another country. There you go. What? <laughs> what? They didn't like that one either? That's what you said. You're patronizing. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways. And I used the word correct. You did, but I don't, I don't think that's all I'm doing. Um, okay, so here's why I'm bringing this up because Melissa and I had a recent conversation and I thought it was very um, eye-opening for me into the world of people with parents that were not born here. So, See, that's so great. That's perfect. Yeah, sure. I'm going to start saying that. That's what I'm going to say. From people with parents that were not born here. That's what you said, you said, you said right? Not born here? Yeah, not okay. born here. Okay. So, Melissa, now a, a lot of people with parents that were not born here may experience this where people who were born here you probably don't notice but yeah, i probably won't even understand this but i just learned this so what will happen a lot of times is they will say something right that is not a joke at all and people will laugh <laughs> at the joke at the not joke <laughs> right so it was a crazy phenomenon that pheno a phenomenon that melissa and i had the other day because she said, I have not washed my hair in three months, right? Straight, straight face sentence, right? I bust out laughing. So now she's looking at me, right? And I'm, I'm cackling crazy, right? And then she kind of like, eh, right? And then she was like, yeah, you know, I really want to ask you, why are you laughing? 
which in turn makes me laugh even more. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but now she seriously asked me the question. <laughs> but I think she's joking. So I'm laughing even more. And now we're having this weird thing where I think she's telling a joke. I'm dying of laughter. She's not laughing and she's confused as to why I'm laughing. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's a miscommunication here somewhere and I don't know what it is, right? And I'm like, okay, let me try to figure this out. I'm like, why am I laughing, right? And I I really don't know why I was laughing. I had a couple reasons why I think I'm, why I was laughing. Um, I think it was the tone in which she said it, which was kind of funny. I also think it was because it was obvious because i know that sort of and i think that's the irony in it um and then maybe i thought she was exaggerating so i laughed at that right <laughs> maybe i thought she was, she was using hyperbole and that's why i was laughing right that's possible too um and as we had this conversation she was like yeah this happens to me a lot I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I'll say something that's just straight regular. Like, yeah, you know, uh, I slipped yesterday. And people just start laughing. And I would be like, why y'all laughing at me? I really slipped. And people would just be laughing even more once you ask the question. they like, what you mean why we laughing? And then they start laughing more. And then Melissa will like fake laugh. So they'll like kind of fake. They'll keep laughing and go, oh, man, that's crazy. And they'll just keep going, right? So... I had a friend before that it used to happen with, right? And I used to, bro, I, I feel like I'm the worst person now because everybody would think that he was hilarious, right? I think he was very funny. I think he was, I think, I mean, I don't know now. I think he, I thought he was very funny. He would just say regular things and everybody would start laughing, right? We would all be laughing. And I remember looking at him in these situations and he wasn't like, laughing like he wasn't really smiling nothing like that and that would make us laugh even more because we're like oh he's stone cold serious about this this joke he just told so now we're gonna keep laughing right so he was he's stone cold about this joke he just told right and i was like wait a minute if he feels like melissa feels then it's possible that his whole life our whole friendship he has been telling me things that bother him or things that he don't like. And I just be laughing, just going hysterical. Right. And then he would ask me things like, why are you laughing? I would proceed to laugh even more because I would assume that he knows why I'm laughing. Because imagine this. Right. Imagine if I sat here. Right. And I was just like, yeah, I went in the bathroom today and I slipped on my foreskin. <laughs> why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> Why is that funny? That's, that wasn't funny. That wasn't that wasn't a joke. I slipped in my foreskin today. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at that. I don't know why this is funny to you. But I sprained my ankle and I hit my head on the counter. And I thought I was gonna die, and I don't know why you're laughing.
I don't know why that's funny. Why is that funny? I need to go to the hospital. I'm in a lot of pain. Right? And that's what happens. Just like that. Just like that. And I feel like the same mostly just laughed. What if I went in the bathroom and slipped on my foreskin and hit my, sprained my ankle, hit my head on the counter? Then I would be in a lot of pain. Like imagine I'm in the bathroom. She's like, what happened? What happened? I stepped on my foreskin and I slipped. I sprained my ankle and hit my head on the counter. She would probably wouldn't believe me. Right? So, so, okay. Here's what my theory is of all of this, right? I have a couple of ones. Oh, I have like two, I guess. One of the theories is that it's a cultural thing, right? So growing up here in the States, there are things that we know as culture, like just regular things. So like, uh, if someone, <laughs> if someone came to me and was like, Yo, Donovan, I was running for the bus, and the, the, the water splashed me, and then the, the driver just closed the door and rode off. Why would he do that? I might laugh, because I'm like, bro, that happens here all the time. Like, why does your reaction to that seem so surprising if it's a very common occurrence? But that's when I started through this conversation. I'm like, wait a minute. If what I perceive to be as a natural occurrence here in the states and, or the culture of what I've experienced and what most people I talk to have experienced, then our reaction to it won't be that um, emotionally driven because we've experienced it multiple times. We know friends who have experienced it. It's not that crazy to us. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Because I had a, there was another time I was out with a friend, right? And I remember, I'll never forget this. He was just like, Donovan, why you laugh so much? Right? And I was just kind of like, I didn't know I laugh a lot. Right? I'm just thinking in my head like, hmm, maybe uh, I just think everything is funny. And then I remember, you know, seeing like one of the memes on Twitter or Instagram back in the day. And it was like, people that laugh a lot are lonely and depressed. And I was like, well, maybe I'm lonely and depressed. <laughs> I don't see what's funny. <laughs> I'm being serious. <laughs> I might be lonely and depressed, and that's why I laugh. So. <laughs> I don't see what's so funny. Well, now that she's. <laughs> I might. I might be. Oh, I thought I was, but maybe I am now. I didn't know. But by your laughing, maybe I, I am depressed and lonely. So oh, that is what the memes told me on Instagram and, and Twitter. So um, <laughs> none of this is done laughing at me. Um, yeah, I was just like, I was like, maybe I am lonely and depressed. Maybe that's why I be laughing so much. I didn't feel like that. I really thought shit be funny. I just be, I did. I just be laughing. So I started, you know, I put those two, those three people together. I'm just like, wait a minute. What do they all have in common, right? And I'm just like, obviously, the easiest thing was that they have parents that were not born here. So I'm like, maybe they were, they have a different culture in their house, but they talk about, you know, maybe who their friends are, who they grew up around. It's just a different culture because I think you have to have an understanding of culture to have a degree of funniness, or at least you have to have, I wouldn't say of culture, you have to be able to read the room to be able to be funny, in my opinion. And 
if you're in a room full of white people and you're talking about a black person they never met before, it, it may not be funny because they're like, I don't, I can't relate to that. I have no idea what you're talking about. So and that's why this is not funny to me. Um, but when Melissa says things to me, you know, she says it happens all the time. Like this happens with me. She said with her friends, it just be happening. She say something, she be like. And he's looking at them, they, and they laugh, and she's like, ha, 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 And my friend would do the same thing. That's how I'm like, damn, that's crazy. My friend would make that same laugh. I would start busting out laughing, and he would be like, ha, 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 And I would be like, he's not on purpose. Like, maybe he's obviously faking a laugh because he knows I'm really laughing. That's part of the joke. This whole time, I've probably been tormenting my friends my entire life, laughing at their pain and stuff, and not knowing they were in distress. It's crazy. Um... So that was something I definitely wanted to bring. I thought that was kind of crazy. A uh, couple of the things that happened this week I thought was kind of interesting was that I had a, I was cold calling, um, which is, if I don't know what that is, it's calling people that don't know you uh, and trying to get them to sell you a house. So well, in this case, it's selling a house. Anything you get to call somebody you don't know is cold calling. So we were just we were chatting it up, you know, chit-chatting and so on and so forth. Told me that he moved from New York to Arizona, right? And I, you know, he was like, you know, he start he started off with, I don't want to sound racist, right? Now, I don't know if he knew I was black. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Um, I don't know if he thought I was black or not. But anybody that starts off a sentence with. I don't want to sound racist. It's usually a cue for you to leave or to be ready for some real racist shit, right? So I'm just like, okay. I'm like, all right. Yeah, bro. I mean, mind you, I just kind of like coaxed it. Like, just like, all right, just whatever you want to say, bro. I'm just listening. Like, I, I, whatever you want to say. He's like, yeah, man, I used to live in in Queens, right? And, uh, you know, he looking, he's it's like looking around the room to make sure nobody can hear him. He's just like, yeah, you know, I had to move because... You know, a lot of other people was moving in. And I was just like, yeah, really? He was like, yeah, just a lot of other people were moving in there. And, I, you know, I'm in Queens now. So, you know, calling people that I noticed there's a lot of Indians here and there are a lot of um, Asian people. And I would say there's probably a good community of black people. What else is in Queens? I feel like everything is in Queens, honestly. What else do you think is in Queens? Indian. I got... Um, but everybody, right? That's what I'm saying. I feel like everybody's in Queens. So you know who's not in Queens, according to this man? White people. He said, I started looking around and it was so I didn't see nobody white anymore. I just kept seeing all these other people. And I felt like the minority. And you know what? It felt very uncomfortable. So I had to leave. I'm just like, Well, ain't that some shit? I'm like, ain't ain't that hilarious? That I'm like, bro, you was for I don't even, it might have been like maybe a couple years. He had the experience being a minority in a place where he has money because he has he buys property. He has a lot of money, and I'm like, we've been doing that for a while, bro. Like for a, a while, and I mean, listen, I get it, and I, it's I hundred percent get it because that's what I'm trying to go to Atlanta. But I just think it's funny that one he preferenced it with preference it with I don't want to be racist, and then two. Uh, he followed up with that. So I'm like, okay, listen, bro. I'm like, I get it. But I definitely thought that was something that like, I'd never heard a white person say that before, which was very odd because 
you hear on the news about, you know, white people becoming the minority, you know, the Hispanic people are becoming majority. I think it's Hispanic. Somebody's becoming a majority. I think it's Hispanic people um, in some amount of time. But I've never actually talked to a white person that was actually becoming a minority, which means that they actually realized it. And how they realize it? They start walking around the neighborhood now and nobody looks like them. They're like, wait a minute, this shit feel weird as fuck. And I think it's funny because if that happened more often, they would then understand microaggressions. I think that it's less likely for the majority to understand microaggressions because that's the norm. A microaggression could be something as small as, do you jump high? Can I touch your hair? Um, is that your hair? Like those things, those kind of questions are perceived as microaggressions because it's like, bro, what is wrong with you? No, you can't do any of those things. Right, exactly. Can you like straighten your hair? And you know why you would say that? Because everybody around you hair look like yours. So the only person that looks out is the person with the hair that's curly. And it's like, nah, can you fix that? Like the only time my hair looks kind of frizzy like yours is when I don't brush it. Can you do that to yours? And that that's what people perceive as microaggression. So I just think it's interesting now to actually have heard from the other side that they actually feel like that. Which is, it's just something I never thought about. This is a smaller thing I thought was very interesting that I heard this week. Um, it was an interview with Steve Wozniak, who was one of the co-founders of Apple. And he was doing a podcast with, uh, I forgot, Jacko? The guy from, what's that show called, Melissa? Jackass. It's a guy from Jackass. And he was saying that, where do you, Melissa, where do you think memories are stored at? It's not the hypothalamus. I don't think it's your prefrontal cortex either. Um, yeah, I don't think it's the amygdala. I don't know. Is it the amygdala? I don't know. Oh, you don't know the answer. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what you think. <laughs> either the hypothalamus, so I'm gonna the prefrontal cortex, or the amygdala. Mm -hmm. Those are my guesses. Okay, so let me just see what Google says. So pretty much, this is what he was saying, right? He was saying that memories are not stored in your brain. His, his reasoning behind that is that if you remove your part of your brain, you still have your memories. What? And if you were to cut a part of your brain out, you would still have your memories. It depends on what part you cut. That's why, I, that's why you asked the question, because your brain is sectioned off into different mm -hmm. sections. So if you remove something from your prefrontal cortex, that's not gonna necessarily affect your amygdala or your hip, like something that's back here. Mm -hmm. So if your memories, because there's different types of memories too, that's like something like you can have something that disrupts maybe your short-term memory as opposed to your long-term memory. Mm -hmm. It could be a different parts of the brain. So if I remove this chunk, it may not affect your memory. Mm -hmm. Right, so this is so I'm gonna tell you what his, what his logic is. So his logic was that you cannot, and I don't, I guess I didn't know, I didn't go deeper into it because he was saying that he did a bunch of research. So I would assume that he, um, knows about those parts of your brain, right? Mm -hmm. And he was, um, my assumption is that if you remove a part of that 
of your brain, you still have your memories. Okay. Right? Like even part of the um, hippocampus or the amygdala, whatever, you can remove a part of that and probably still have your memories. Right? Uh, like, do you think, like, yeah. do you think, like, if I took a section now, like, okay, from eight to ten years, you stored right here, take that out. Like, yeah, from, from when you were eight years old to ten years old, mm-hmm. I cut I cut out this section of your brain just a little bit, I take out eight to ten years. Now you just can't remember eight to ten that mm-hmm. of your life. You forgot that. Do you think that's how it works? Brain is so complex mm-hmm. that, <clears throat> to, that we still don't fully know how it works. So, I do think that, okay, what was the original question? If I was, if you, if the, if... Your memories are stored in your hippocampus. Mm-hmm. If I cut out a piece of your hippocampus, you should lose part of your memory. So do you think that your hippocampus is split up into from one to five is here, from five to seven is here? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And and I, from what I read, from what I just read, multiple parts of your brain holds memory. Mm-hmm. It might just be different types or stored in different places. So. Unless someone is removing like the bottom half of your brain, in which it wouldn't function anyways. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> now here's his theory. So he said the only mathematical um, or logical explanation that he could find was that at six years old, I think he said like the majority of children forget their life before that. So he said that at from one to six, you lose your teeth. Right. No, you lose your teeth at six. Yeah. So he was his theory is that it's somehow tied to your teeth. Right. Okay. And then when I heard that, I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's tied to your wisdom teeth at all. Why is it? Because if his theory is that you your teeth are connected to your memory. Mm-hmm. Right. Then. What would be the incentive to removing your wisdom teeth if, if unless they somehow kept something about you intact? If there is in any way connection between the wisdom teeth and intelligence or some type of memory, and that's why there's like a incentive or people try to get you to remove it. Like memory of like like what your past life like what kind of what do you because your wisdom teeth don't come in until you're old like way older right so I don't I, I don't know I, it it could be somewhat your past life mm, I just I think it's connected to I'm going based off off of that theory that I could see. I think there's something there with the teeth and people's brain because there's all, I remember one time I was having a dream, right? Where all my teeth fell out. Ever happened to you? I looked in the mirror, all my teeth fell out, all of them. <coughs> it was like the craziest thing. And I remember like looking it up to see what they said it means. And their explanation was that it means that you're losing confidence. Your teeth are your confidence. You're losing that. Right? So I thought it was strange that people want you to remove your wisdom teeth. And then I'm like, okay. I hear this guy say this. And I'm like, okay. 
I wonder what the connection is between your teeth and your brain. Because why would you ask me to remove my wisdom teeth if nothing is wrong with it? Why would, they, why would that even be a thing? Right? Isn't that, isn't that strange? I mean, a lot of people feel pain. And that's why they get their wisdom teeth removed. Some don't. And they still have to remove it. Uh, <clears throat> precautionary. You don't have to. The, doc, the same way that doctors like to push birth control on you. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to take it. It's right. kind of the same thing where it's like, yeah, they're going to push you. to get, It's a procedure. They get paid for it. So you think it's a, a money thing? Yeah. Because I don't necessarily think birth control is a money thing. I think there's an alternative reason for birth control and it's not money. Uh, right. But I think that money could be a, a definitely a big driver for Tika's actual surgery. I have to re- refer you to another person, so on and so forth. The mm-hmm. insurance money comes out of this like it's a larger sum as with birth control is not you're not really getting nothing so this is what i'm thinking sterilizing people right if i said i'm gonna pay you to remove to put people on birth control no if i'm gonna pay you to decrease the population mm-hmm. you can use that money however you want i would pay doctors to push birth control so if my agenda or my goal was to do this one thing, then the money comes after it. I hear you. I think the one to six and the memory thing is a very weak argument mm-hmm. because your brain is still developing during that time. Mm-hmm. So you may not have like whatever it is that you need to store. You may not have it to store. Honestly, a lot of the things that you probably see and like we may not quote unquote remember it because it's it's not it's not um it's not important to remember I don't know if I would say that I remember a lot of things are not important no but I mean like because you're it's like I kind of feel like it might be a thing where it's like the processing is different the way that your brain processes now is more complex and stuff as opposed to what you were thinking before like okay when you say you remember things that are not important what do you mean um mm, i remember What's his name? I can't remember his name now. I remember um, this guy that used to take pictures of us. Saeed mm-hmm. wore a very colorful shirt to the game. Okay. Very unimportant. The, the shirt being colorful is something that was pronounced in your mind. That's what but it's not important. It's not right. Because I think it has to do with our brain developing during that time period. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like you're born and you're fully a, a grown person. You're, you know, it's not It's not like that. So I think around six years old is probably when our brain shifts into a different type of development and is therefore easier to contain memories because that part is now fully operational. Like, I feel like it might be something along the lines of that as opposed mm-hmm. to it being connected to our teeth. But and your teeth fall out too at the same time. At the same time. 
That's what I'm saying. So that's something like his whole thing was well, that like. Doesn't mean that- that doesn't mean that they're correlated. It doesn't mean that they're correlated. But that's what he's saying. That that's the only connection he can find in terms of memory and your body. Is that at this time period is when the majority of people baby teeth fall out. It's not enough. Like I'm, I'm going to look into it. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Cause I'm like, we, after him saying that, the reason that it stuck with me is the whole wisdom tooth thing. That's what made me think, okay... If he feels like teeth are tied to memory and we have quote unquote wisdom teeth, I wonder if there is a connection between our teeth and how our brain functions. I mean, I'm pretty sure there is a connection. Because, yeah, like I, said, I, I believe that the teeth. This side. Okay. Um, well, yeah, well, either way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that for next week. I'm going to look into it. So, we will be back here next Tuesday. You can find all the behind-the-scenes content on our social medias. Mine is Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. You know what it is. Hashtag Bamboo Project 2022 is going to be a movie. And with that being said, Bamboo Project out.